Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the Social Club. We take your questions from social media. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you shoot it through to us and we'll do our best to get back to you. First question is from Brett. First question from you. Can I stop tapping the table with my hand? So I'll put your jumper in front of me so I can't do it. We're trying to run. I apologise. We're Go. trying to run a professional I, show I don't, and you're belting the table. There's no one just, at the door to get in, mate. All right, let's go. Sorry. Brett McInnes. Hey, Red. I was out on the weekend targeting kingfish. Yep. I spent 11 hours on the water for a big donut. Ooh. What are your thoughts on targeting kingfish with an easterly wind and also a full moon? Do either of these factors affect the kingfish bite, in your opinion? I hate fishing for kingfish. Can I just add that in before we start? I hate fishing the full moon. They're, 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 like, they're pricks. You, you spend... A huge amount of time on the water. Yep. Really understand the conditions, understand the fish. For those that don't spend big hours catching kingfish and want to catch them, they can be one of the biggest pains in the ass to try and, and, and catch because you spend so much time trying to find them. And even if you find them, it's one thing to then boat one. And you often talk about once you hook them, you've actually got to leave it in the water to hook more. To hook more, but then you know you risk losing the fish because you're excited to get it in. You haven't yep. caught one before. You've spent the last three trips with donuts, and you want to get one in. So talk to us about full moon, and then also that easterly wind. Yeah, so that easterly wind hasn't played any role in it. It's actually probably my favourite time to chase kingfish. The reason I say that is quite often when we have an easterly wind or northeasterly wind. Say it's going to be warm weather. So during the summer we have a lot of easterlies, which is northeasterlies, east north, northeasterlies, southeasterlies in the afternoon. During the winter, we have a lot of westerlies and southwesterlies, and that's where our cold weather tends to come from as well. So the easterly wind generally also means that we don't get swell as well. We quite often don't have swell on the easterly winds. The swell comes, obviously, with the southwest wind. That tends to be where our uh, swell always comes from. So that easterly hasn't played a role. That, and um, we obviously got this message maybe a couple of weeks ago because we do get a hell, of a, lot of mess- a hell of a lot of messages to go through. Now, that full moon is a prick of a moon. They're a shocking time to fish. People will tell you it's the best. I'll give you the tip right now. Any tackle store report that says the full moon's good, tell them to come do the next 10 full moons with me and I'll prove to them that it's not. So it is shocking. It's a shocking time to fish. There is no tidal flow and that is the reason you haven't caught fish. It is just crap. And if you did see people get a few fish, that's fine. A few fish on a full moon isn't a lot of fish off a moon. So you've got to be mindful and smart on uh, your moon system. If I had been fishing that day, that 11 hours you did, you've pretty much fished all day, but I would have been smarter on it and I would have smarter about it and I would have targeted that afternoon bite on that bigger outgoing tide. That's what I would have done. You might have done that, but that's how I would have uh, spent my day and hoping to catch something on the full moon. Tim O'Leary, when trawling lures, how do I know how deep they dive once I've thrown out the box? (laughs) Cheers, Tim. Well, if you put a Rapala 20 down, doesn't that mean 20 metres? 20 well, feet? It, it does. You can. Most lures have a marking, at whether it be at the front of them or on the bib or where the lure attaches at the back of the lure and that'll give you an indication of how far they deep dive down. If they don't, one of the things that that, that always told me to do was literally just to try and inscribe it 
if there was no marking, just so you get a bit of an idea. And that was more particularly when we fish when we fish sort of freshwater um, environment. So little scribe it underneath the, the belly of the lure, so you've got a bit of an indication. Redmond? Yeah, you can jump onto Rapala's. They have a fantastic Rapala website, and they give you your depth charts with your speed. So it also comes down to your speed that you're travelling at too. You quite often find the slower you go, the now this sounds a bit dumb because it, 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 your lure will pull out of the water when you go really fast, but if, for instance, if you put that diver just in the water when you're in gear, that diver will just sit under the water doing this pat, and it'll just be ticking away at the side of the boat, where if you go faster it'll pull harder and try and rip down it'll deeper rip. Yep. that's right so the divers depend on the size that you've got you've obviously got 15s you've got 10 we well, got 10s you've got 15s 20s 30s and you've got your real big ones so it depends on uh, what size rapala you're using but i match my rapala not necessarily on the depth you got to remember when you're chasing tuna quite often when they're feeding they're feeding a lot of the time when you're going to catch them sorry they are feeding that top column of the water so anything from couple of meters down to the top is well i'm getting all my fish on surface lures and plastics quite high up so what i'd be thinking about it is matching that that actual diver to the bait in itself so if i'm off portland i'm chasing barrels and i look over the side and there's a heap of red bait that's 25 centimeters long i'm going to run a slightly i'm not going to run a size 10 rapala i'm going to be going to run a 30 so i'm going to run something bigger again so it depends on where you're fishing what the bait size is and what actual species you're targeting on itself. Uh, next question is from Steve B. Danger. You launch off the beach when you fish at home. Do you reduce your air pressure in your tyres each time you launch and retrieve? Never, to be totally <laughs> honest with you. No. For- that one time when you rang me at Aries car park when I was there getting coffee is abusing me because you were stuck. Get in. <laughs> well, we all have that story of when you... you oh, no, I've got I always a, say, couple. Like, Dad and I always talk about we're not going to launch on an incoming tide. We're not going to launch on a really high incoming tide. And then when the day is perfect and it's like, you know, oh, we'll just risk it, it'll be fine. And then you get stuck and you've got a high incoming tide and not much beach to work with. <laughs> you end up cursing yourself. But but traditionally, no. We've got tracks in the back of our car. Once again, we've done a... Maxi uh, tracks. You're maxi tracks. Yep. yep, we've done a Reds review on this and you can catch all of our Real Adventures episodes and the breakdown of our um, of our different segments on our Real Adventures app. Um or wherever you down, or wherever you get your podcasts, rather. Um, so I've been more inclined to do that. It's really important now when with with new cars that you turn off your traction control. That can be a bit of a, a, a get you into trouble. A stumbling block there yeah, that people think I'll, I'll just turn my four wheel drive into four wheel drive, and yep, away we go, no worries, and I'll be fine to launch off the beach that way. So there's a little bit to it, but. I haven't been one to really reduce the air pressure because we know the conditions pretty well. Why, why can't fish. you? Why can't you launch on a high tide for those that are listening at home? We just have so little beach room yep. for where I launch at Spout Spout Creek. My, if you've got beach room, you, you're in your suite. But literally, the the water will run into the cliffs or yep. you know the the car park. So we we don't have any room. We have to go straight into really really um, not not dry sand, but um, it's soft. It's, it's really boggy and soft. Yeah, so that's why we've always been really reticent to sort of do it that way. Peter Carver, boys, what's the best way to rig live squid for kingfish? Yeah, good question because it is uh, the one of the best baits you can get. You can catch uh, one of the best baits you can use to catch kingfish. And uh, okay, you get two types of squid, Pat, as we know. You got the calamari and the arrow squid. The arrow squid, your offshore squid, it tends to be. You get the odd ones in the bay. Uh, for instance, if you're out chasing, uh, if you're out chasing uh, off Marlow, for instance, you're probably not going to catch your calamari. You're going to more catch your arrow squid. 
where if you're inside the uh, inside Portfolio Bay going to target the rip, you're going to catch your calamari. And how you rig them up is I like to rig them up with a snailed rig and set my live bait to the size squid I'm going to catch. Uh, sorry, my hooks to the size squid I'm going to catch. Now, what I mean by that is the I'm running my, say, 9.0 live bait gamma hook at the top, and same as this rig is a snapper. I run them quite long, so, this, so it's away from the swivel, probably 1.2 to 1.6, depending on... Uh, but you've got to remember, when you get that fish up to the boat, it's hard to get the net or gaff into them because they are a distance away from that swivel. Yep. So that's why I do like to run... I do like to run it further so it has a more natural swim in the water. And you're pinning the snailed hook. So the snailed hook is your top hook. You're pinning that through the top of the hood, so right through the top. And your second hook, which you've sort of set approximately for the size of the squid that you're going to catch... Will go just. You can put it into the head if you really want to, but I often go on the inside body, so not on the top of the squid underneath, and I go just basically where its shooter is, where it shoots its ink out of, just in, on the outside of that through once and back out through the other side, so it's exposed. And I have one hook facing north, I guess, and one hook facing south if you're holding the squid flat on a bait board. And that's how one sits one way, one sits the other way, and if the Quite often you'll have it. The, the, quite often they will eat the squid. You'll be hooked on the top hook anyway because they'll eat the whole thing in one hit. And like I said, the key to it is when you do your snailed rig, make sure that I run three rods at the top, always rigged, because sometimes I've got a squid, say, the long as your forearm there, then I might have one same size as your hand, and they all have different sizes on them. If I know, if I know that I'm in Port Phillip Bay and going to the island and I'm going to be catching smaller squid, I then tend to just run smaller rigs, but... If you are running your biggest squids, which uh, kingfish will eat a big squid. So that there is pretty much uh, your tip on uh, rigging up some live squid, Patrick. And that wraps up the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you shoot it into our Real Adventures social pages or better yet, download our Real Adventures app. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.